when you put on muscle, you're going to put on fat. It's just, it's just, you're eating in a calorie surplus to That's build muscle. It's a tightrope, right? The tightrope. <laughs> well, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of bodybuilders, and if you, you're like, man, that guy must be in a bulk because he looks pretty bulky. Um, and they put on a lot of weight fast because they want it. That's just the season they're in. I wanted to do it in a way where I wanted to maximize muscle growth but minimize fat gain, which means, you know, I'm only eating in a surplus of maybe 100 or 200 calories a day. And you have to be so aware. So aware. And so that's of, why I said it's, yeah. it's, it has been more difficult being in this building phase than any diet. Hey, everybody. It's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. Okay, Beth, welcome to the podcast. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, so I'm Beth Dewermeyer. I have been here at BoomFit since 2016. I'm a little bit famous. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yes. Um, I've been on the podcast like... Five, five, five times? times now, yeah. Yeah, I was the first one. Episode one, Episode go back, one. give it a listen. Yeah, go back, give it a listen. Showering at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I it started because I was like, Charlie, man, I got to tell you, I just got my blood work done. My numbers are all back to normal because I was, you know, I had just finished grad school and I had put on like 50 pounds in grad school and then joined CrossFit uh, after finishing school. Um, so you can go back and listen to that. And what a journey. I oh mean, like gosh. even just thinking back to that episode when you had accomplished so much, mm-hmm. but fast forward yeah. to where you are today, five years, you know, later, yeah. five and a half, almost years later. Yep. What a great fitness it's journey. It's been a journey. Like, but that's, and that's why, that's why I'm on the podcast again. Yes. Um, you know, because a fitness journey is never really over. It's, Correct. And for me, and, and that's. What we wanted to talk about is, you know, we have a lot of great people that are come on and they're in the middle of their journey. But I've kind of gotten to a point where, um, you know, I, you know, I reached my goal. I got down to my goal weight. I got below my goal weight. Um, And so now I'm in this new phase where I'm doing something that's way more difficult than dieting. I thought dieting was the hard part. Um, it may be harder, but it's way more fun. And that's being in a, a in kind of a maintenance phase or right now I'm in a build phase. So let's talk about what you just said because I think you're very experienced in what I'm going to call just goal setting period in this area. I think some people don't goal set. Like they really don't take their goals serious mm-hmm. And they almost just kind of limbo through a fitness journey. But I think you've, like, the fact that you said, I've attained my goal. I am now, you know, maintaining or a different, it it just, and I know that because I know how particular you've been, how strict you've been. Mm -hmm. So when you say you reached your goal, give me an idea of kind of how you came to a goal period, Mm -hmm. to a destination, whether it be weight, whether it be you know, that then you realize that you had arrived at that place only to have to now adjust in which you say is harder, which most people are thinking, you know, whatever that goal is, 
that's the hard part, getting yeah. to the goal. But you're like, no, it's actually harder yeah. where I am now. So yeah. give me an idea how you came to that goal and how you picked that particular number or mm-hmm. destination. Um, I don't remember how I picked the number. Honestly, I think it was just a number that I knew that I wanted to get back to. The, I wanted, So I wanted my weight to get down to 150, um, which I just remember being at that weight in high school and that being a period of my life where I felt really good about myself. Um, I felt strong. I was, you know doing sports and I just felt good. And so that's kind of why I had that number in my mind. Um, but I, what I realized as I was making my way to that goal was that I needed a goal for a goal for after the goal. Mm. Um, and that's why I am so good at setting goals because I am somebody, and I would say probably most people are like this. I need to have something to work towards, whether that's, you know, a, a number on the scale or an event that I'm looking forward to or something, a task at work, whatever. I just need to have a goal. Um, and so, you know, I had this big attainable goal of getting to 150, but I had lots of small goals along the way. Um, and they weren't all about weight either. Um, you know, I, you know, might have been the clothes that I was fitting into, what I was able to do um, at the gym. I remember on the first podcast, my I had some smaller goals. One was to be able to do box jumps. Um, kind of got there still working on that one i hate box jumps but you know i wanted to do my first competition and i did you know i accomplished that goal so i had some bigger loftier goals but i had smaller goals on the way because you know you need to have those it's like with dave ramsey you need to have little goals that you're meeting to get that ball rolling so that you can keep going yep and get to that big goal now i mean you've had a massive transformation Mm -hmm. right I, i remember way back when I think we posted some before and afters. Gosh, I remember my, I remember the first, uh, was, the BCS Classic was right after I started CrossFit and I was just volunteering. Um, and I remember thinking to myself that I looked pretty good back then. And then I look back at pictures now um, and I realize like how far I've come since then. And it's kind of fun to see like some of our old coaches, like Trent and like Matt oh, yeah. Haynes, who were like, wow, like, you know, you've really changed since then. And, and, you know, yeah, I think, but when I started CrossFit, I was, I was, I had still lost quite a bit of weight. I I started out at like 270. If you go back to my original podcast, I was at like 270, 275, and then got all the way down to like 167 and then started grad school. And then got back up to like 212. I said, that's what, that's what I weighed when I first started at, at boom fit was 212 um and it's hard the hardest part i think was is getting out of the mindset of being that bigger person um and realizing that's not who i am anymore and realizing that you know i don't have to resort back to those same behaviors because i'm not that person anymore Um, and that's just something i've had to realize in not just my gym life but my spiritual life and my personal life um, there is a podcast we did on my spiritual journey. If you want to go it's back an and listen to that one, podcast. Yep. So, so give me the journey from two twelve. Like, where did that? Where did you go? Where are you? Um, so, from two twelve, I just slowly chipped away at it. So, started out with a six week challenge. I was oh, also the first six week challenge member. Um, but that kind of got me back into creating some really good habits, and I just kind of went from there. Um, 2000, uh, right at the beginning, right before COVID happened, I was, I had gotten down to, I think like 178 
Um, and at the beginning of 2020 in January, I had set some goals with a friend just to be held accountable, some things that I was going to be doing. I was I started being kind of more aware of, of the amount of carbs I was eating and trying to, to eat just carbs that were, you know, sa- more satiating for me. Um, and then I took advantage of COVID. So I think I'm probably one of my only friends that probably lost weight during COVID because, you know, I took home a bike from the PT studio, took home dumbbells and kettlebells, and I just used all the time that I was stuck at home to exercise more and to just you to be up, more you active. You ended up buying one of those bikes. Yeah, I ended up buying that bike, and now it's in my guest bedroom. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's something that I, if I can't go walking, it's too hot. But I want to get some exercise in, and you know, it's I put my laptop on it. It fits my laptop just perfectly, and I watch Netflix. Um, and so I use 2020 because I wasn't going out to eat because restaurants were closed for a while. Um, I didn't have to, you know, I could go straight from office work to working out because I was in my living room, um, and I just continued chipping away at the at the, those goals. Um, during 2020, I actually studied and took my certified personal training exam. So I just was really interested in the science behind nutrition and exercise physiology. So I just educated myself. Um, of course and, you did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Beth. Yeah, Dr. Beth. And, you know, one thing Bennett and I like to talk about is nutrition. And, you know, we kind of, you know, he he's great about nutrition. He he can school me all day, and he well, he really knows more than I know about is the physiology of like the body. And um, I was working out with Bennett because I have back injuries um, and hip injuries, and he's like, I always tell if you've got an injury, go see Bennett because he understands how to come back from an injury. Yeah. Um, so that was one cool. thing that I want to also highlight is during this time you mentioned you started grad school somewhere in the beginning of this journey. Mm-hmm. Not only did you do grad school, but you got your doctorate. Yep. Yep. And your full time job, you do you know part time work for me, mm-hmm. and it's like you're very busy. So like, but you've still managed to work fitness. Yes. And healthy lifestyle into your life. Yep. And I'm you know I'm a little different. I am single. Hey guys. Single. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have any kids, so my life is a little bit different, but I use that to my advantage. You know, I'm not having to cook for other people. I don't have to, if it's something that I shouldn't be eating and can't keep in the house, I don't have to have it in the house because I don't have other mouths to feed. Um, but yeah, I, you know, some of the podcasts, like I think Stephanie d- did one on, on habits. Yeah. It, you've got to form those good habits. And so things that I was doing during 2020 to help with that was, you know, chopping up vegetables as soon as I bought them. So they were stored and in the fridge and ready for me to cook up. Um, you know, making it my schedule so that I always had from noon to one thirty open so that I could get a workout in. Um, now, because I am so busy, I'm up at 4.30 and I'm at the gym at 5 a.m. Because that's the only time I know that there isn't going to be something that's going to come up that's going to get in the way of working out. You know, like I go to a, a gym where because I have injuries, like right now I'm working with machines and there's only one leg press machine. So I have to be there at five to get that leg press Tell machine. Tell me this, <laughs> at what point, I mean, I think anybody who, the way you explain it is like your your commitment has increased over time. Mm-hmm. So like going back to 2016 or even before that, would you have ever gone to the gym at 5 a.m.? Would you say that you were at this point where it had to work into your day and that was the only time would you have gone every day? Probably. I mean, So you're just that kind of wired person. Like once you have a goal, once you have a... 
I am competitive. Got it. So once I, for even with myself, so once I put my mind to something, I am dedicated, if not anything else. And and I am, um, what's the, maybe dedicated is not the right word, but disciplined. Disciplined, for sure. Yeah. And then 2021, so from 2020 to 2021, what transition, what, you know, body composition? Uh, so so I, I finally, um, I hired, I've been following some people on social media. There's a group, there's a guy named Dr. Lane Norton. He's a PhD out of Florida. He, uh, he's a nutritionist. He does bodybuilding. Um, his coaches mostly do like physique shows. And I kind of, not that I want to be a competitor, but I, I really liked how science-based he was and they don't push anything that's not clinically proven in a, in a lab setting. Um, so as a PhD, I really appreciated that. So I worked with one of his nutrition coaches who on a cut, a 16 week diet to get to where I was, uh, at my leanest because I had decided that I was going to have, um, plastic surgery done. I had a tummy tuck and a breast lift because I lost over 120 pounds and I had loose skin. And that was a big goal for me is to get to a point where I, was in shape to where I could do that because you don't want to have that surgery and still have more than 20 pounds to lose. So that was a big motivator for me. Um, and I got down to 148, 147 during that 16 week cut. Um, it was hard. It meant saying no, you know, it was during Easter. It was during like graduation. It was during spring break, but, um, I pretty much cut out alcohol. Yeah. Um, because I like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to waste my calories on something that wasn't so going to keep me full. I mean, let, let's highlight the fact that you were 271 mm-hmm. and you got down to 148. Yep. And, you know, a lot of times you and I have a great personal relationship, so I know I can talk through this because you obviously openly shared mm-hmm. it. But I think it would help listeners who have made that significant of a transformation and probably don't know a lot about the plastic surgery side of it or like what can you say about that like was that a, a was that a difficult decision um are you very happy with the outcome i made the decision for for my mental health and that really i mean of course there's perks to the way you look physically but i had developed some very disordered way of eating and some body dysmorphia and i knew um, with the help of my counselor, that I was not ever going to try to stop dieting until I got that extra skin removed or that it was gone. And you're just not going to, your body can't get rid of loose skin. It's just your body, you know? Um, and so for mentally, I had to have it done. And that's why I made that decision. Um, I am extremely happy with my results. I, Dr. Rude over at Brazos Valley Plastic Surgery, um, he was great. The before and after care was amazing. Um, it was a lot harder of a recovery in terms of how long it, cause you're under anesthesia, you're under for three or four hours. Um, but because I had been exercising up until literally the day before my surgery, I was cleared to work out within three weeks. Wow. And he said, I would not normally do this. He says, but you're not somebody who is new to working out. Um, and you have to work out after you have plastic surgery. It's not a miracle surgery you're you can gain the weight back you can stretch out your skin again um so i've been very um um, focused in my training and making sure that i'm doing i'm doing a lot more chest uh movements than i normally would to make sure that the muscle around my 
my pecs stay nice and firm. Yeah. Um, I do probably way more like ab work um, than I normally would um, to keep my core strong. Thanks for sharing that because I think that's kind of one of those like taboo, you know, like people are like, oh, don't want to. But I know that you comfortably share. Mm -hmm. And I think it just kind of speaks to those people who maybe have had a significant transformation, you know, and maybe it's not 120 pounds, but it could be, you know, a number. And, you know, going back to what you said for body dysmorphia, mental health and all the things about that. Um, and at the end of the day, you did the, what was right for Beth. Yeah. Right. And I think yep. that goes back to everybody's personal choice when it comes to the, anything like yep. of that nature, if they yep. are considering something like that is, yep. you know, making sure that you're not doing it because another person's doing it or cause somebody else is telling you, yep. um, I'm sure you were prayerful about it. And I oh, was very prayerful. And one thing God was like, and it, this is also because I used 2020 to pay off a lot of debt because I had just finished Dave Ramsey, but um, you know, I knew that for me, in order to keep doing the things like donating to the church and tithing, that I was going to have to pay cash for the surgery. Um, you know, there's care credit. You can put, it's so easy to get credit to put things like this on a credit card. Um, but I paid for mine in cash. And that was one thing that, you know, I felt God was saying, this is great. This is something you should do, but you need to do it right. And yeah. part of that was paying for it in cash. It's cool that you share that, that Mm -hmm. you just open with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so 2021 and then transitioning. When, what was the the date you hit your goal? Was it 2022 or 2021? Um, I actually hit my goal in 2021 and then had the surgery. Okay. So after the surgery, um, after I, uh, about four months, giving my body plenty of time. During that four months, I was only like loosely tracking. I was mostly making sure that I was hitting my protein goals um, and just kind of getting used to, to working out with, you know, smaller breasts and a, you know, different, I had to rebuild a lot of core strength. Um, then because I was at my goal weight and working with my coach, um, I said, you know what, like, and all of the in-body scans that I had done at the gym, right? I, you know, I'd lose fat, but my muscle pretty much stayed the same. And I was like, I really want to see that muscle mass go up. So we have been since September, we've been in what's called a reverse diet and the point of a reverse diet. And that lasted for like, I don't know, three or four months was just to get back, uh, to where you can maintain at a higher, uh, calorie input. Um, so we got back up to, I was eating after the surgery, probably around 1400 calories. And now I'm up to eating probably about 2200 calories. And I was maintaining, um, my body weight. Um, and then when we, we switched to a gain phase, which if you don't know, that's when you're purposely trying to put on muscle and you know, Charlie, but people don't understand is when you put on muscle, you're going to put on fat. It's just, it's just, you're eating in a calorie surplus to that's build muscle. It's a tightrope, right? The tightrope. <laughs> well, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of bodybuilders. And if you, you're like, man, that guy must be in a bulk because he looks pretty bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put on a lot of weight fast because they want it. That's just the season they're in. I wanted to do it in a way where I wanted to maximize muscle growth, but minimize fat gain, which means, you know, I'm only eating in a surplus of maybe a hundred or 200 calories a day. And you have to be so aware. So aware. And that's of, why I said it's, yeah. it's, it has been more difficult being in this building phase than any diet that I have or ever done mm-hmm. because people might think oh great bulk like i'm just gonna go eat whatever i want and you can you can do it that way but then you're gonna put on a ton of fat and i'm going into this knowing that i'm going to be doing another diet 
Uh, we're starting in June, actually. But I want to, to be in a good place. I don't want to put on too much fat where I need to be in a diet for a long time. Um, but I want to put on some muscle before I do a diet again. Um, and the really cool thing, Charlie, is I have not weighed myself in three months. We're doing this completely without. Once we started to, to do a, a bulk, for again, mentally, my counselor and I decided if we could do without stepping on the scale because I was sabotaging myself because I'd see the scale go up and I would like do some extra cardio or I'd restrict myself because I, I, I'm just so used to wanting to see the scale go down, but that's, that's not what I was trying to do. But mentally, how how did you get to that point where you were okay with not weighing yourself being somebody that was so, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word addicted because I think people are addicted to what they weigh. Um, it was really, it was really uncomfortable I mean, but I got really, I was obsessive. Like I brought my scale to weigh myself on vacation and my friends were like, that's when they were like, you have a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, it was really uncomfortable for about the first week. And then it's just, just now it's just part of, it's just what I don't do every day. You know what I, okay. So I don't know if I shared this on a podcast. I think I did. And I'm trying to remember who it was with, but it was like phase one, phase two, phase three. Mm -hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. And I feel like what you're doing is you're maturing in your phases. Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, I don't want to negatively speak on people that weigh themselves every day. But I do think there's so much freedom in not weighing yourself. And I said this in an email uh, Monday. I kind of gave out my macro breakdown. Mm -hmm. I gave out my calorie intake yep. and I basically said, I had, you know, I, I, like I don't ever weigh myself right? ever. Like only if I haven't happened to go to the doctor, which rarely happens, you know, and, but I know, like, I don't need the scale to tell me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I know if I need, if I'm getting, you know, based on really, it's based on exercise habit. Yep. And it's not a matter of if I'm working out. I just know based on like, am I, you know, am I doing the running that I like to do? Am I adding the endurance mm-hmm. workouts to my CrossFit workouts? Yep. And then bottom line, am I eating like right. too much without the exercise to yep. support it? Yep. You know, and I have a big appetite, yep. kind of like I said in the email. Yep. So the, I just find it fascinating that you went so long, not only will say weighing yourself every day, traveling with your scale. Mm-hmm. And then now it's almost like freedom that yep. you're experiencing not to feel like I have to weigh myself. Right. And our bodies are pretty smart. So like, I'm sure you've experienced a day where you've eaten or you've eaten a lot. And the next day you're just naturally not as hungry. Like our bodies are pretty good at like adapting, you know, to the overeating. But, you know, I like not having to weigh, I do measurements. So it's, it's, and it's really hard to do by yourself. So this is also a benefit of doing like a six week challenge because your coach can measure you for you. Um, but that's what we're going off is, is measurements. And I, we do, we do weekly check-ins where I send photos. And so I'm getting uncomfortable because I know that I'm putting on weight, but if you look at the density of like my shoulders and my arms and my back, like, yeah, you're seeing the bigger picture. And then I track my workouts. I have a log book and you know, I am seeing, you know, I put on I started out, I could do like 10 reps of like 180 on the leg press. I did 10 at 300 this week. You know, so I'm looking at other methods of tracking other than the scale as ways to measure 
how I'm progressing because this is new to me. This putting on weight thing is, is new to me. And I had to learn the scale is it, is it, it's a tool, it's a measurement, but it's not always, it's not the only tool that you can use to measure progress. Again, going back to originally, this is why it's important to have goals that are, that are smart goals that are measurable and attainable. Now do you, you mentioned you have a high level discipline. Mm -hmm. Is that like a necessary, uh, skill or I guess what would you call that character trait to be successful? in this arena yeah be I mean, honest right? I, I think i really think it is do you have to be as disciplined as i am no but you need some you need to be able to say no to some things i would agree i mean the more i look at some you know not just success stories but like personally you know overcoming my overweight mm -hmm. time discipline's like a core ingredient yep you know what i mean it's yeah. like if you don't have that discipline, it's going to be really, really hard. Yeah. You, yeah, you have to say, and boundaries too. It's the same thing. You have to set up boundaries for yourself. Um, and part of being disciplined is not putting yourself in situations where you know you're going to be triggered by like maybe it's food or alcohol. So like when I'm, when I am in a diet, it's, there was a lot of saying no to like social events um, or having the, the, having to make a choice of, Am I going to have this extra carb with dinner or am I going to have a drink? Let's you know. talk about alcohol because yeah. you and I have had that talk before. And I remember your six-week challenge mm -hmm. and I remember that um, conversation. But I know – I'm going to say tell us what your relationship is with alcohol and how you've come to that place today based on when we did our six-week challenge. Yeah, well, I used to have a very bad relationship with alcohol. And part of – the challenge that was hard was not drinking at all. I remember I was going to a football game with Boo Boo Davies and I was like, how am I not going to drink at this? Um, but now, um, you and know, Boo Boo, I, former yell leader former yell back leader. in my day. Yep. Yep. Uh, I gave up drinking in 2019 and then into 2020, I didn't drink for nine months because I had such a poor relationship with alcohol and I was doing some things because of alcohol that I, that were not healthy to me spiritually or physically. Um, now and just having an understanding of that there are calories in alcohol, you know, just because your drink is, you know, just liquor, there is liquor, there's, there are, there's alcohol has calories. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, um, I, I just, I can see now how alcohol contributed to my weight gain in the first place. Um, and I now understand that I don't have to have alcohol to have fun. And I have a lot of friends who are sober um, that don't drink at all. Um, and so if I can go to an event and be an ally for them and also be somebody who isn't drinking so that they're not the only one, um, that's a service, a way that I can serve somebody and give back to them. Um, but yeah, part of being disciplined is saying, okay, I can't drink tonight. You know, alcohol isn't going anywhere, Charlie. And you say that, and I hear you say that, and I think for some people, they literally are like, that's so hard. Yep. And, and, you know, what I've learned in, yep. in the, not that I challenge people with that, because I really don't, like you and I mm -hmm. in that meeting, I felt like it was the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, and But I also recognize how hard it is for some people. Yeah. But like for you to say, like, I can go to an event and not have alcohol, I, I really think there's a lot of people that struggle. 
Like mm-hmm. they literally have a really hard time yep. out of either feeling embarrassed because now it's like, what do I do? Yep. Or questioning whether they're going to have a good time mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe it's a real addiction, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, maybe they really need that, you yeah. know? For me, the, the way that it was easy for me to think about is, um, I would get anxiety. I'd have panic attacks about thinking I have this event coming up. It's Monday, but this event is on Friday. How am I not going to drink? Oh my gosh, am I going to have any fun? And actually it was Selena that told me this. She was like, are you drinking today? And I was like, no, I'm not drinking today. <laughs> and she was like, well, that's all you need to think about is I'm not drinking today. And then on Tuesday, it's, I'm not drinking today on Tuesday. And then I would not worry about that event until the day of. And it was just way easier for me to say, I'm not drinking today. I'm not saying I'm not drinking tomorrow. I'm not saying I'm not drinking in a week. I'm saying I'm not drinking today. And that's it. And it's kind of like the same thing for food now for me. When there's cake at the office, I'm not having cake today. That cake's going to be in the fridge tomorrow. I'll have some cake tomorrow if I want it. I love that. And usually I don't want it. It's your choice. It's your choice. And you're only making a choice about today. What is the Bible verse? Don't worry about tomorrow. Like it's today. You described uh, the relationship before. How would you describe the relationship today? I don't need it really. I mean, I, and it's not something I, it's not relaxing for me anymore. I used to have a drink and I used to be like, I want a drink because I want to relax. I, when I want to have a drink, it's because I just want to have a drink. It's not because I need to relax or I need to mellow out or I need to tune out. I'm not using it for any reason other than I just want to have a drink. And then how has that different relationship impacted your health? Oh my gosh. Like, well, when I quit out drinking, I was made losing weight a whole lot easier. Um, you know, your alcohol is a toxin. I mean, my blood pressure goes up. Um, my just... I feel anxious, you know, mentally it causes a lot of anxiety and shame. Even if I, even if I don't do anything crazy while I'm drinking, there's still for me a bit of shame like that I associate with alcohol because of the way I've abused it in the past. And so I just, I just don't need it. It's just not, I don't need it to relax. I don't need it to have a good time. If I'm with somebody and I feel like I need to drink to be around them, then I cut that person out of my life. Mm, Wow. So. Well, thanks for opening up about that because I think I really think it's a big, uh, a big obstacle. I think is the better word to yeah. use for certain people or certain um, individuals on a fitness journey because they yeah. just don't know like how to deal with that. Yeah. And then what unfortunately happens is they almost like say, "Okay, I'm going to deal with everything but that," and they still allow their relationship with alcohol to be the exact same mm-hmm. dealing with like you know hey what i eat for breakfast or how many grams of protein i get or my exercise but it's like but i don't want to deal with that it's kind of like almost like with god right like not dealing with that one thing that yeah. he really thinks you need to deal with right and de- dealing with all the other that, things that log in your eye yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so final um and you know i know we're cr- crunched on time so yeah. Final words, I think, for you question would be like, where are you going? What does maintenance look like? Obviously, fitness journey is a big part of your life. Health is a part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in an amazing place. Um, what, what, what is like the current mindset and direction that you go day to day? I'm, uh, my current goal is to get to a point where I'm not having to track everything. So I'm, my goal is to get to a point where, um, I can just live, live life and be able to maintain, which 
doesn't sound hard, but for me, as somebody who's dieted her entire life and has control issues and isn't like when I'm not in control of what's around me, my goal is to get to a point where I can just maintain um, and be a normal, average person where I can uh, indulge every now and then when it when it's a special occasion, but but also be able to just bounce back and get get back to you know I think life. of it a lot like um, you know people listening might do cr- CrossFit right because mm-hmm. um, workout they they say when you're learning like a snatch right which you could apply this to like a golf swing a baseball mm-hmm. bat um, or clean is you go through three seasons right season one is when you literally are have to think through everything mm-hmm. step by step yep. in your mind right and it, the form looks really like it, it looks bad because you're learning yep the second part is where you're actually doing it but you're thinking about it mm-hmm. all the time yep. to do it yep and and maybe you're doing it well but you're yeah. still like not it's the third is where literally you do it and you don't think about it's muscle any, memory. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think that what yeah. you're saying is mm-hmm. I want to get to that place where it's like, I'm not weighing, I'm not tracking, I'm not measuring, mm-hmm. I'm just living. Mm-hmm. But because I've put all the work in yeah. for the years that I've been doing this, I'm actually as dialed in as when I was tracking every single mm-hmm. thing and monitoring every mm-hmm. single, you know, yep. ounce but of. But it's not having to think about it. It's just, it's muscle memory. That's, yep, and that's and I'm so I'm right in the middle. I've got one foot in phase two and one foot in phase three. Love it. So that's where I'm at. Well, you're a great example. You're an inspiration. You have a great not just uh, fitness testimony but spiritual testimony, and uh, I'm so proud of you, Beth. And Thanks thank you for me. all that you do for for me and, and even for people here that are listening. So you're amazing. This was fun. Always a good time. Thank you. Yes. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.